0: welcome to this bonus episode of 24 karis i'm kelly johnson i'm the founder of karis by kje thanks so much for tuning in we have a special opportunity to just connect with you before the end of the year it's so hard to believe that one year is about to end and a new one is right on the horizons personally and professionally i tend to start doing some just self-reflection Before the end of the year and the start of a new one. And, you know, we really thought it would be helpful to connect um, in this reflective time of the year um, during this season of just really thinking and looking back over the last 12 months or so, and hopefully what the next 12 months will have ahead. Um, Again, both personally and professionally. And we have to take that reflective approach with our diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Um, It's so important to do those self-assessments, those check-ins, to hold ourselves accountable um, as leaders and practitioners, but also organizationally. We all know how important accountability is towards making any type of progress. And so this special episode is really a time to help you think through what were the hits and misses of the last 12 months as it relates to DEI. So, This episode is not for the faint of heart. This is really an opportunity to give you some food for thought. So let's get started. What was um, your organizational highlight as it relates to DEI over the last 12 months? What were the hits? What really stood out? What are you proud of? Um, Where have you seen the needle begin to move as it relates to DEI? Uh, We all wanna see that important return on our investment and the impact that DEI can make. So what were they for you this year? Um, Are you struggling to figure that out? Is it a little hard or a little murky to see where you've made progress? Um, Are you being a little extra critical or do you not have the data? Right. So what approaches and strategies have you put in place to even be able to capture the accomplishments of your DEI effort over the last 12 months? How are you self-reporting by leveraging your councils um, or your employee resource groups or business resource groups, whatever you call them? Um, How are you leveraging um, your infrastructure, your comms team, your uh, comp and benefits team to help you really paint the picture very holistically. How are you leveraging engagement survey data? These are all great ways to begin to paint that story and really be able to capture how DEI has helped to move the needle in the organizational culture over the past 12 months. So think about the ways that you're measuring impact. And please, 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 let's go beyond attendance at our events. That is really just table stakes at this point in the game. Um, We are in the fourth quarter uh, for many of us in our organizations around DEI. So it's time for us, you know, we're two points from that touchdown line. And we have got to get over the finish line, over that threshold of really doing what I call kind of patty cake. Uh, DEI, it is time for us to step up our game and have really important conversations, uh, transparent, candid conversations about the impact that we're making. So what do we typically see as areas that most organizations identify as those hits, those wins, the low-hanging fruit, our success stories, Um, most of the time, what we tend to hear in terms of accomplishments within a 12-month cycle is usually around launching. So most organizations really celebrate uh, when we launch something. And that is important. That is great. We absolutely need to celebrate the small victories, celebrate the small baby steps that get us to achieving the ultimate goal. However, it's really only the beginning. So launching training. Did you launch training, DEI training this year? Check that big box uh, if you want, if you launch training or continue training this year. Um, How about employee resource groups and DEI councils or culture committees? Those are often some really big Herculean efforts that go into launching ERGs or launching a DEI council. So we should absolutely celebrate those. And then also sometimes, and if you've checked out LinkedIn, you've probably seen quite a bit of traffic here. Um, Maybe your accomplishment for your organization is simply, hey, we hired a DEI leader. All right. You know, um, sometimes that is a big accomplishment. Maybe you did not have that role in your organization a year ago. So let's celebrate the launching or the starting. Those are awesome accomplishments. I wanna share with you an example of a success story that our client shared uh, or that we were able to experience along with our client. And it's really around um, where we tend to see the accomplishments or the hits, where we see them sort of fall short. And it's really in two areas. When we look at the hits or the successes, the ROI, the impact of DEI, where we tend to see um, the gaps in really achieving the ROI or the impact, it's always almost always tied to the strategy and the efforts around sustainability. Unfortunately, that's where we tend to see over the years of experience that we have, that's where we tend to see the ability to really move the needle. Um, Those are often the root causes. But I want to share a a success story of one of our clients, global organization with operations in several uh, kind of global regions. I want to share with you one of their success stories. So um, we conducted a culture assessment for them about a year and a half ago or so. And again, they have operations in about three global regions. What we discovered in that process is that there was a significant theme in the employee sentiment that we uncovered, and we called it Together But Apart, Together But Apart. And what does that mean? So the way that we explained it to the executive team is that amongst employees across the different geographies, there is a pervasive level of uncertainty around shared values. People leaders had really done a great job of building cohesive teams. So within the intact teams, they were strong and they were cohesive. And so it's almost like that expression that says, you know, an overused strength strength becomes a liability. And that's kind of what happened in this case. The people leaders had done a great job of really building up the camaraderie within their core team, but there was a level of distrust outside of that core nucleus team. And so that distrust was really around the values. And so based on the data, and in other, in other words, employees in one department or in one geography, they weren't sure if their peers and colleagues in another department or another geography, if they truly live the values at such a high level as they personally did or their team um, uh, collectively did. And so that skepticism across peers was creating massive silos. Um, You can imagine collaboration was not strong in this organization. And so based on the data, we recommended um, that the organization double down on their communication strategy, highlighting the company values. Now, this actually required the C-suite team to revisit their values and really make sure like, hey, is this relevant to who we are? The company values hadn't been touched in a number of years. And so our recommendation prompted the um, executive team to really look at, is this relevant for who we are today and who we want to be in the future? So that was a great outcome from that DEI culture assessment that we conducted. But we also emphasized, so another big recommendation that we made is that the the organization needed to really solidify a one-team culture. Um, And and that the emphasis would really be around, um, regardless of what geography or department you're in, um, that the one-team culture would be rooted and cemented around the values. And so the executive team took our recommendations to heart. Now, I will be very transparent. Um, At first, the executive team had to really warm up to the idea. They debated, uh, they questioned, you know, the validity of, okay, is this real? And over time, after they had a moment to really process through the data and the information, uh, when we were able to back up our recommendations with data, with quotes from employees, They took our recommendations to heart. And one year later, so excited, one year later, the one team message became a mantra across the entire organization. Um, They launched earlier this year with really leading with that message of we are one team. And we're one team because we share these values. So I want to share that success story because it's not a traditional example of DEI. It's not tied to race or gender, right? We're we're used to hearing those success stories and those accomplishments around the traditional dimensions of diversity, sexuality, and and all the other aspects. And those are important, and we certainly want those, and we need those. However, this is an example of when we truly evaluate the DEI climate in an organization, we will unearth and uncover a ton of insights that may or may not be directly tied to the traditional aspects of DEI but they make a huge and sustainable impact or they can make a huge and sustainable impact in the culture and the engagement of employees if we create a strategy and we create a a plan to sustain those efforts and sustain the right messages now that's just one example of hits and how we can take it to the next level Remember, what are those ways that um, our misses tend to fall short? Two S words, strategy and sustainability. So I want you to make note and think about that. How are you uh, evaluating your your strategy and the effectiveness of it? And then how are you going to sustain it? All right, let's talk about the misses. Now, we don't always like to talk about our misses. You know, maybe we started the new year with some great health and wellness goals and we kind of fell short and fell off a little bit, probably by February, if you're like me. But uh it's a new year or it's about to be a new year, so let's get back on track. And the same thing holds true with our DEI efforts and creating that culture of belonging. Now, here is where we tend to see the misses in organizations. First and foremost, we tend to see organizations not moving the needle, not making a lot of progress around diverse representation in leadership. And here we are talking about the traditional traditional, and sort of the measurable aspects of DEI, gender and race, ethnicity. The other piece that we also um, tend to see organizations fall short on, quite frankly, is turnover. Now we're still recovering from the great resignation. um, And so that's certainly been a factor, but what we saw through the great resignation and still today is that women and people of color uh, tended to, to, to leave at greater rates than, um, than men. And then also from the majority population or the white population. And so how, how did your succession planning um, exercise and efforts look this year compared to maybe two years ago. One of our clients, one of our senior executives point blank told us that their succession planning um, exercise and activity actually last year, as a matter of fact, it was it wasn't pretty COVID and the pandemic, the great resignation had significantly caused this organization to take several steps backwards in their progress around women in leadership. So their female leadership pipeline really dried up as well as um, their people of color. Now, the other myth that we tend to see in organizations is usually around feedback, whether that's your internal employee engagement survey or externally on glassdoor.com. What causes The gaps in progress around talent management in particular and employee engagement, it tends to be two different S words, and that is, or that those are our systems and our structure. So when we have weaknesses or a low level of maturity in our systems and our structure, that's where we tend to see the the misses in our talent management efforts in particular. So I'll share another example um, of a client, and you know, we tend to see a lot of companies make progress with their ERGs, their councils and training. Those are usually the, the entry points to DEI efforts, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Those are very foundational steps, foundational practices that we can build on and, and really use those to, to build a strong foundation. So what we I want to share an example, though, of an organization who really took some bold strides this year over the last 12 months or so around talent management and DEI. So we partnered with an organization that they knew they were about to go through a massive reorg and they wanted to use this opportunity to really reevaluate their bench talent. Um, and as they were building the new organization, they wanted to see and they were hopeful that they could really take the diverse, underrepresented population and find opportunities or really see who would be ready to go for those new leadership roles that would be um, com- becoming available in the new organization. And so the, they completely recognized that bias has a huge impact in the selection process, And so our team conducted bias mitigation training for the C-suite, yes, the C-suite, and two levels below the senior executive team. This was a global organization um, who really took to heart and was extremely intentional about wanting to make sure that they created equity or as much equity as possible in the selection process. And so they invested in bias mitigation training. While the leaders who participated in that training really appreciated the guidance and the framework that we provided on how to more objectively evaluate uh, talent and consider a candidate for a role, ultimately, I will say that systemic barriers in the organization, Years and years before this exercise and before this reorg, it actually limited the number of underrepresented employees from actually being in the pipeline. So unfortunately, they were they were dealing with a very um, homogenous a bench of talent. And so by the time the new organization was um, launched or before it was stood up, there really was not a huge labor pool to draw from to make significant gains. However, um, we have to applaud their efforts to really make sure they took this pivotal time in their organization's history, to look for ways to increase diverse representation, uh, race, ethnicity, and gender, Uh, as well as indigenous populations as well. This was an organization that was going to have the opportunity to really um, hopefully move the needle from an indigenous um, people's standpoint, which was exciting to be a part of. Um, But I will just say that when we look at systems and when we look at structure, it takes years to truly unwind and move the needle and make progress that becomes visible. Now, um, we are obviously big proponents of strategies and programs that support the development of that bench. And that's often what we see in many, many organizations who are actually very mature within the DEI evolution. Um, Unfortunately, what we see is that many organizations, their, their talent development strategies are still a little dated. The approach is typically one size fits all or the availability for employees to participate in leadership development programs, there are really few and far between opportunities. So only a handful, five, five people maybe in a given year are able to partner with an executive coach, as an example. Only 10 might get to attend a leadership conference focused on leadership development for underrepresented communities. And so unfortunately what we see is really limited opportunities in terms of quantity, but what we also see is where there are um, broader based leadership development programs. Those tend to take a very kind of uniform approach to developing talent. And our experience tells us and has shown us that culturally relevant leadership development programs is really where we need to be and where we need to start investing more of our time and resources in. Why? Because when it comes to BIPOC talent, uh, Black, Indigenous, people of color, when it comes to BIPOC talent, typically we have to consider the cultural norms that informed and shaped who they are and how they show up in the workplace. And unfortunately, there's just not enough leadership programs out there that uh, really address that need um, in a very holistic way. We do have a a sponsorship uh, training program that helps organizations become, and leaders in particular, become better sponsors of underrepresented talent. And so we've seen some progress there in terms of really opening the eyes and increasing awareness of senior leaders around what it takes to mentor, but also sponsor diverse talent. So as we get ready to wrap up this bonus episode, I hope that this is giving you some ideas about how you need to be evaluating the last 12 months, and more importantly, planning for the next 12 and beyond. What are your priorities for DEI next year? And quite frankly, is DEI still a priority? Um, And do your actions and your budget reflect it? At the end of the day, we always have to start with why why is so important. Two years ago, many organizations were scrambling and really trying to up their game around DEI. Why? Because we were faced with a lot of tragedy. We had a huge increase in anti-Asian sentiment. We had the murder of George Floyd. We're also seeing a rise and an increase in anti-Semitism over the last few years. So there's a lot happening in the world um, that, that are really triggering organizations and the people inside of organizations, quite frankly, to say, we have to do better, we have to do more. We want to provide you with a free resource Um, that can help you think about and prepare for your next 12 months and beyond around DEIB so that you can create that culture. We are so focused on culture transformation um, and really using DEI as an enabler of achieving a strong and inclusive culture that's high-performing and innovative. So we published a, a guide. You can download it on our website that really walks you through how to achieve culture transformation through DEI, through diversity, equity, and inclusion. In this guide, um, again, you can download it on our website. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can access it. But in this guide, we take an in-depth look at what the organization should do and what individual leaders can do, but also what every employee should do um, to contribute towards Uh, creating a high-performing and inclusive culture of belonging for every single person. So I hope this is helpful. Our team is always available to help you if you have any questions or you're looking for guidance and a partner along this journey. Um, If you're asking yourself, now what? If you are not sure, hey, we've done this, we've done that, but now I'm not sure, or if maybe your senior leaders or employees are asking you now what do we do with DEI, we can certainly help. We have a five-year um, curriculum and learning journey. Um, that learning journey really maps to a culture journey um, that we would love to help walk you through. So check out our free guide, um, download it from our website, link in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning into this bonus episode of 24 cares where we strive to help you live out your commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion 24-7. Until next time, be sure to, to subscribe and like 24 cares